Thank you again for tuning in to another edition of 10,000 Pitches, as always, presented by our friends at Stimulus Athletic. Visit StimulusAthletic.com if you are a club uh, soccer team. Baseball, basketball, ultimate frisbee. You're looking to outfit your club or your team for the next season, not only with uniforms, but maybe off the field apparel, warm up apparel, game day travel apparel. Stimulus Athletic has you covered. If you need to see what Stimulus can provide, go to their Twitter right now at info underscore stimulus. Look at the pinned tweet and see what they're doing with the Anguilan national soccer team. They outfitted the team with their shirts, with their jerseys, with their shorts, with their backpacks, with their travel apparel. And it was awesome. They wore these jerseys, these stimulus athletic made jerseys during their World Cup qualifying matches. And now you can actually purchase one of these items, a jersey, a sweatshirt, a backpack. You can purchase any of it. Just go to info underscore stimulus on Twitter. Look at the pin tweets and uh, shop, but then also kind of use that as the launching pad to have stimulus athletic outfit your club with that quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. Again, go to stimulusathletic.com, click the design tab, click the get started button, and make sure so we get credit for it. This is the big part. You gotta let them know that Jeremy from 10,000 Pitches sent you. All right, here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome in another edition of 10,000 Pitches in Your Ears presented by our friends at Stimulus Athletic. Visit StimulusAthletic.com to outfit your club with quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. Stimulus Athletic, the freedom to create. Thank you again, as always, for listening to another episode. We've reached episode 46. Um, If you have not subscribed, or I guess they call it follow now on Apple. Subscribing, I guess, is like a totally different thing on Apple Podcasts now. Uh, So follow us, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you could, if Apple's not your thing, uh, go ahead and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. But if you have an iPhone, we would actually really like it, even if Apple is not your preferred podcast platform, to go and leave us a rating and review there, because it does mean a lot, and it does uh, do a lot for our exposure. Also, if you haven't listened to any of our recent interviews, our recent episodes, uh, I would highly recommend you do so. Last week was the Dakota episode. Sioux Falls Thunder and owner, or Sioux Falls Thunder owner and GM Daniel Haggerty was on the show. We also talked to Dakota Fusion's executive director Tyler Epping and their owner Sajid Gori as well, talking about the Fusion, talking about the Thunder heading into the upcoming NPSL season. A couple weeks back, Augsburg's men's soccer head coach and BV United executive director Greg Holker was on the show along with Vlora FC president Adi Balani and player Vincent Knox. So a couple great dual interview episodes over the last couple weeks. Go check those out if you have not. Another dual episode interview this week because we are bearing down on the start of the uh, of the seasons, NPSL, UPSL, and all uh, WPASL. It all gets started here in early May. We want to make sure we get all the teams covered. So I talked to uh, representatives from Med City FC and FC Minneapolis for this week's episode. So a couple of great interviews with those clubs coming up. But before we get to that, as always, have to welcome in good friend and uh, I guess I guess you're not really intern anymore. I guess we can bump up your title to director of good vibes, chief good vibes officer. Chief, Chief Good Vibes Officer Ethan Brandt. Yeah, that's my preferred title. Um, that's what I have on my resume, anyways. Um, awesome. What's um, up, Ethan? And, and and then uh, just uh, just to double back here on Spotify, it's also following, not subscribing. Um, mm-hmm. and also on Spotify, we're we have we're listed under like video games. Did, yeah, that's you know weird. That? I think that was one thing where I accidentally listed us under that when uh 
when I created the pod uh, initially, when I created the pod feed. So, uh, and then I switched it back, but I don't think on Spotify, I don't think it ever switched back. Yeah, we're still listed as a video game podcast. So, um, okay, I just, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, Ethan, uh, you were at Night Street for the Loons opener on Friday. Tell us about that. Yeah, I, uh, um, well, first of all, if you would like to see what it was like and what was going on, uh, you can head over to our Instagram at 10K Pitches. And uh, under our highlights, um, it's all there, all of the the whole thing. Um, but uh, but it was awesome. Uh, they they had a food truck there. They had the game on a on a big projector. Um, I don't know the dimensions, but it was it was taller than me. So um, so it was big. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, they had some pickup games going on in the inside. Um, and uh, yeah, good turnout. Uh, good, good energy from the crowd. I think we all kind of, we were all feeling good to be back at a, uh, a sporting event to a degree. And, uh, it was a lot, it was a lot of fun. How was the food? The food looked awesome. Yeah, it was, it was, it was super good. Um, Nashville co-op, right? Let me, let me get this right. Let me get this right. Nashville coop. Nashville co-op coop. It's either coop or co-op. I think it's co-op. But it might be you're coop. probably right. You're probably right. It might be coop though, because chicken. Maybe that's the maybe that's the I feel, thing. I feel really bad that we don't know, but in the in the in the interest of transparency, I think we're gonna keep this in. I'm okay. It's so it's either, either it's one. Na- it's Nashville C O O P, which could so be going, coop, which would make sense for chicken, or it could be co-op too, like cooperative. You never know. I'm going coop. Anyways, yeah, yeah it was I'm really coop too. I'm I'm going coop. It uh it was super good. Um I um I got the Minnesota Nice uh like heat level, which is like the lowest heat level, and um and it was perfect. Um wasn't too hot. And so but if you like spicy stuff, then you probably want to go up. Um and yeah, you know, you got a good amount of food, which was nice. Um you know, it felt good to like be sitting and eating inconveniently like outside again, you know, like kind of, you know, sporting events, it's always really inconvenient to eat. And then yeah. and your fingers just get covered in grease and anything you touch then becomes super greasy, you know, phone jacket, yeah. whatever. And, and it's all sucks. you have are those like super cheap napkins to try to dry your hands off, but it's really not doing anything. And they like stay super sticky. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like somehow sporting venues managed to get half ply napkins. I don't know how they do it, but <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it was great to be back there. Um, and doing that and having that experience, it was awesome. Um, and yeah, so like someone who's like Dwight from the office having the, the, the ply machine in the back, like unplying the napkins so they can use more. Yeah. yeah, It's all about, it's all about the budget, you know, um, (laughs) you gotta, you gotta balance the book somehow. Um, but yeah, no, it was great having that, and um, I think they're doing more watch parties in the future. And um, yeah, Saturday, Saturday for the uh, RSL game, they will have one seven o'clock kickoff. I was just uh, texting with Derek actually uh, yesterday about it. He said his big issue right now is trying to get the uh, projector set up in a way that like the sun won't be an issue because the game was late on Friday, so like the 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 sun like the the light was like perfect for it. 
but with it being seven o'clock, you don't know what the sun's going to be, but he, uh, you know, he said he'll have it covered by, by Saturday. So it should be good to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I encourage you to, um, and all the listeners, you know, to, uh, to go to check it out. It was awesome. It's, you know, good to be, uh, amongst, uh, fellow supporters, um, bring a chair. Um, I didn't bring a chair. Um, so I Ooh, sat on like a, a mistake. Did you even, did you bring even like a blanket or anything to sit on? No, no, I just sat on the curb. Um, you sat on the curb. Nice. Um, and interesting, you know, I made the graphics that said, you know, don't forget a chair and please bring a chair. And I still didn't bring a chair. Um, so you yeah, follow it, your own rules, man. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. That was an oversight to so bring a chair, bring a chair. Sounds good. Uh, bring a chair. Go to 9th Street, 9thStreetMPLS.com. Although it's not required that you RSVP, considering you know the, the state that we're in, not everybody's vaccinated at this point. You know, uh, they definitely want you to. They encourage that you RSVP. So go to 9thStreetMPLS.com, N-I-N-T-H-M-P-L-S-S-T-R-E-E-T.com, and RSVP for Saturday. Again, Ethan's firsthand account you know, said everything was great. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at 10K Pitches to check out our highlight reel of that. It looked like an awesome time. I was here in my basement the whole time because obviously I was doing post loons. But uh, it looked like a good time out there. And I, I hope to get out there for a game, at least maybe like a first half or something uh, this season because it looks like a lot of fun. Let's do – how about live post loons from uh, 9th Street? From 9th um, Street? It'd be cool. That might, uh, that, might be, that might be doable. We'll see. Logistically, I'm not quite sure, but – we can make it happen, maybe. Maybe maybe Grant happen. and I both go out there and uh and we do a little post loans from Night Street. Maybe maybe we'll do that one of these days. Um that is that is another thing I actually forgot to mention is like I felt very comfortable. Like A, we're outdoors, and B, like I felt like there's plenty of space where I could, you know, be six feet away and you know, keep my mask on and all that. So if that is a concern as far as like returning, you know, back into the post COVID world of like when to and not to go to events. As far as 9th Street, I felt very comfortable there, and there was plenty of space to to spread out and also get a good look at the projector. Also, uh, on the on the topic of uh, feeling safe and comfortable, got shot one, baby. There it is. Did, you, did you get home. sick? No. Did you get sick? My, my shoulder, though, was incredibly sore. For like That's what I've heard. 24, like more than 24 hours. Like the rest of that day and then like the whole next day. My shoulder was like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like uncomfortable, but it was, it was like really sore. That's what I've heard. Reminded, reminded me of like baseball when I was in high school, when I, after I'd like a pitch, my shoulder used to be really sore after that. It was, it was like one of those, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was no issue at all. Um, I hear the second one though, is when you're most likely to feel like you're going to get that immune response most it, in the second one than maybe the first one. So we'll see. I haven't, I haven't got, I, I think I, I get my first shot next week. Um, and, uh, and it, yeah, like, I think that so, sore shoulder feeling, you know, reminds me back to like, uh, you know, high school, you're out there with the, out there with the fellas, uh, tossing the ball around and like, you're kind with of avoiding ball. getting the ball, like, cause you know, you can't really throw it that well. And so you, that you, eventually the ball comes to you, you know, you're throwing a football, whatever. And you, 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 you're obviously in the moment. You can't not throw the ball. And so you go to throw it. You kind of like hurt your shoulder and you try to play it off that you're not in pain. But uh, you're definitely in pain. Um, I, don't I don't know, know what you're talking about, man. I had, a, I had a rocket launcher attached to my 
shoulder there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, not better. me. I, I can't, I, uh, I don't know. Like I used to be able to like, I think throw a ball, but then like, I don't know. I just like stopped throwing balls. Like I'd play basketball, but like, that's how oh, dude, I, haven't, I haven't thrown a baseball in probably at this point, like seven years, probably. Wow. You know, it's also a weird one. Uh, bowling, like how bad your wrist and forearm hurt for the next like week after See, you bowl. To me, the worst is like that filmy feeling you get on your fingers or like, oh, the, well, obviously like the calluses, like on the tips of your fingers that you kind of get. To me, that's worse than like the sore wrist. But yeah, I get your point. Oh, b- bowling alleys are 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 terrible, top to bottom. Like everything <laughs> is always super greasy. You like you know they're not cleaning the shoes that they make you wear. Um, the finger holes are nasty. There's all I feel like there's always that group of high school kids that's like really just whipping the balls down the lane, and it's yeah. making you kind of uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, they're, they're almost popping over the bumpers and like, admittedly, I was probably that kid at one point, but now that like, I've, you know, a little older, you know, I, uh, I, I don't know. I hate bowling alleys. I, I try to stay away from them. It's a good change of pace, but no, you won't catch me there like once a week. Absolutely not. Also some of the, like the graphics that like they show after you get a spare that haven't been updated since like two thousand eight. Yeah, 98, like 98 to 2006. And like some of them are kind of questionable at this point as far as like, did they really put that in a like in a in a video graphic? But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't bowling alleys. I don't know. Terrible. Anyways, let's transition from bowling alleys to desserts. Ethan, we received confirmation, official confirmation that there is indeed a difference between a malt and shake. Somebody hit us up in the Twitter DMs after listening to the episode and let us know. And uh, we got to shout him out here. That's right. I, uh, I, I couldn't, we couldn't get this reply and, and not, you know, rebring it up. This is, this, this is, this is an important follow-up. Um, so uh, shout out to Rob for, for giving us the info. Um, okay, here we go. Um, and again, we didn't fact check this either. So this is, we we should preface this, but this is, this is what it is according to Rob, but I, I trust Rob. Rob seems trustworthy. Yeah. So Rob at Butler Bob six on Twitter, um, added malted milk powder to a shake. So you put malted milk powder into a shake and that makes it a malt. Okay. Good to know. I guess it makes it taste a little bit different, maybe a little bit sweeter than a normal shake. I I always like the milk powder is, but yeah. I always thought malts were like thicker, like higher viscosity than shakes. Maybe. Again, I'm still very, very novice on the on the malt versus as somebody who like adores ice cream. Like I I still don't know to this day. Like I don't know if you were to put a malt and a shake in front of me and say which one's which, I still wouldn't be able to tell you which one's which. I think I could. I'm going to be honest. If you put a vanilla malt yeah. and a vanilla shake in me, I think I could do it. All right. All right. Well, maybe um, we'll do that. Maybe we'll test out this theory. But where can you? Oh, I guess Portillo's, you can get both. Okay. I was going to say, where can oh, you get Portillo, both? But Portillo's is getting such great free advertising with us. Hey, Portillo's, feel free to hit us up and sponsor the pod. We'd be happy to help. 
at 10K yeah, pitches, Portillo. Based off my college, uh, where I went to college, you probably are getting decent listenership in the Chicagoland area in addition to the Twin Cities. So you're hitting kind of both your hubs with this podcast. So just, and, just throwing that out there. Exactly. And and there's like there's Portillo's in Wisconsin as well. Like there's a few in Milwaukee. There you go. Um, I think there you a go. few. I know there's one. We're um, actually at some point, spoiler alert, now we haven't, I say spoiler, we haven't even reached out to these clubs, but at some point I would like to get clubs like Bavarian's uh, Milwaukee Torrents on the podcast during the during their NPSL or during their seasons as well to kind of talk to them about their seasons, their clubs. Because while it's different divisions, different sections, um, you know there are clubs in Wisconsin um, and uh, Torrents are like Milwaukee's biggest club and a pretty decent sized area. So it'd be nice to talk to them about kind of uh, their their footprint in that area and what they see in terms of like the future of soccer in Milwaukee specifically. Um. Just a little aside there. Don't uh, I was don't uh, don't forget about uh, uh, the Milwaukee Wave. Have you heard of the Milwaukee Wave? Are they like an indoor team? They're an indoor team. Yeah, I figured. See, I I didn't know, but I figured with the name that that like that definitely sounds like an indoor team. Yeah, yeah, you sniped that. Yeah, they're, like, they're an like indoor the team. overlap between like arena football names and indoor soccer team names. Like, there's a lot of overlap there in terms of like the uh, inspiration. Yeah, yeah, you sniped it. They are they are an indoor team. Um, they're pro. They're they're a pro indoor team. I think I think the Torrent are still semi professional. They are indeed. Yeah, they're in the NPSL Midwest Division. But um, I but feel anyways. like they. Let me. I don't know. Let me look up their bio. I feel like they say they're pro. They also have a girls team. I don't know. Or a women's team, rather. I don't yeah. know what they yeah, play in. Yes, they do. I believe the women's team plays in the... I don't. I can't remember if it's the WPSL or the UWS. I, um, I, guess, we're, I guess we're doing research <laughs> right as we're doing this. This is really I, bad podcasting. I just but. went to their Twitter, and it says in their bio, only pro outdoor men's soccer team and women's soccer team. So it says they're pro. Hmm. But yeah, I thought they played in the MPSL, which is semi-pro. I don't... Can you pay players we'll in the MPSL? We'll have to have the team on the podcast. We'll have to get some clarification on this. Well, they are playing in the USL Super Y League for summer 2021. Interesting. The developments that we find on the 10,000 Pitches podcast just by doing a little bit of research. Yeah, this feels like something that all should have happened prior to us getting on here. But you know, um, that happens again. This is, you know, the people who think this is like a super professional podcast. It is moving on next. It is, but at the same time, you know, we're we're human as well. So, Um, anyways, Milwaukee Torrent. We'll have them on the podcast to to investigate this further. And bring you all the answers to your questions. I promise. Our questions. What does everyone yeah, else do? Our us? questions, which obviously are now, if you're listening, they're now your questions as well. So unless they know, unless everyone knows, and we're just like we're the only ones who don't know. Yeah, that that's probably what it is. Everybody That'd who listens to this podcast knows, and we don't know. That's exactly how this will play out. I guarantee. That'd be it. tough. That'd be very tough. At that point, we're, we're handing over the reins. We're going to get the most engagement we've ever gotten on a on an episode tweet from people just like 
in the replies being like, you guys are idiots. You're moron. Everybody knows this. First person to call us a moron and tell us, like, the facts. We'll send you something. We'll send they, you some merch. They, for all, <laughs> I, they, they can, they, they get the pod. They get 10K. We got to turn it over. Yeah, we have to hand over the podcast. <laughs> like, I, I, I will send every, every, everything, everything that we have, like, the Twitter logins, all our all our graphics, everything, it's theirs. The StreamYard channel that we're using to record right now, it's all my yours, mic, baby. My mic? They... <laughs> yeah, mine too. Yeah. So first one. I'll throw one my laptop in there. Yeah, well, I kind of need mine, but um, but you should send yours probably so they can keep this going. <laughs> um, Whoever, yeah, so first person, I guess, to just be like, you guys are stupid. This is publicly available information. Uh. Uh, they can have it but perfect done deal all right yeah let's get into some stuff we actually know about headlines regarding soccer that's happening close to home here in minnesota um four gophers earn all big 10 honors they were one win away from making the uh the actual big 10 tournament in their qualifier tournament they ended ended up losing to iowa in that uh, qualifier match. So their season unfortunately ended, but um, a couple notables here, sophomore midfielder, Katie Duong, senior defender, Athena Kuhn and midfielder, Sophia Bowman earned all big 10 second team, third team and freshman team honors respectively while junior defender Delaney Stecker uh, won the, was a, a sportsmanship award honoree. So congratulations to them. Uh, big news though. The big news coming out of the season for the Gophers is that uh, Duong has entered the transfer portal. Easily the Gophers' best player of the season um, has entered the transfer portal, according to Matt Pervratsky of Equal Time Soccer. And in his tweet, uh, he said, Stanford is a potential landing spot, but to not rule out a return to the Gophers. With that extra year of eligibility, actually, I don't know if it's due to extra year of eligibility or if it's it's if it's COVID related at all, but it seems like you know, specifically paying, you know, me paying more attention to college basketball and the transfer ish, uh, the transfer portal that's happening there um you know players are looking into transferring more uh just kind of testing the water is almost like free agency um but you know some are opting to go back to their original teams too so that's kind of a newer development so just because duong has entered the transfer portal does not mean by any case that she is gone um she could realistically return to the gophers but uh we'll just have to wait and see what happens yeah, I uh uh that that is big news and and you know I as someone who's transferred and I think anyone who's been to college and transferred um it, it it's a big decision it it takes a lot of work um but ultimately you know if if you're gonna if it's gonna make you happier you know in, in any way you know whether you're athletically involved or not and she obviously is and she's obviously gonna keep playing soccer. Um, you know, as long as, as long as you're making a decision that like you feels right for you, um, I, I think it's worth the, you know, extra work and effort, extra effort, but obviously I can't, you know, speak as far as being like a D one transfer. I'm sure that's even, even crazier. Yeah. Um, the transfer portals for, for like all the major sports are, are pretty insane. The, this year especially with that el- extra year of eligibility kind of thrown in there so uh we'll see what happens with with, with katie duong and uh we'll keep our finger on the pulse of that um if you do want to stay up to date with all the latest gopher information the best follow is uh at equal time soccer on twitter 
Um, that's where you're going to get the best coverage there. Shout out to Matt Pravatsky and uh, and his work with Equal Time Soccer. Had him on pre-Gopher season. Um, and, uh, you know, would love to have him on again here in the near future, too, because he does great work over there. Uh, moving on to the lower league semi-pro realm, uh, the USASA, the United States Adult Soccer Association Region 2 Amateur Cup has kicked off. Uh, this is a really cool uh, cup tournament that gives the opportunity for lower league clubs to compete in these, you know, uh, single-legged uh, tournament, you know, single elimination tournament type scenarios here um, that you don't normally get at this level. Um, it's split up by regions. Region two encompasses uh, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, and uh, Indiana, I believe, are, and, and Michigan. Those are those are the ones that that, that region two covers. Um, so if you move further along in this tournament, you are going to play clubs that you don't normally play. And you're going to get to go places that you don't normally go and kind of get to play on a stage you don't normally get to play when you're kind of in your own in your own conference bubble, your own region bubble there. Um, so very cool, um, you know, that a lot of local clubs are participating in this. Um, in the opening round, uh, Vlora Blank Turbo Sports 5-0. Um, so it was kind of an all-UPSL matchup there. And in the early rounds, it is kind of teams that you would normally play or normally see, whether it's in league or in preseason friendlies anyways. Uh, but again, you have to kind of move along further to play those teams that you wouldn't normally play. Um, Roman Garrick, uh, got to give a shout out to him, a brace, two goals for him and the five nil win. And then Ramon McKeithen, the goalkeeper for Valora, obviously recorded the shutout clean sheet there. So, um, very cool. Valora was slated to play Baron in round two, which would have been kind of a cool cross UPSL WPASL matchup. Uh, but Baron has actually withdrawn from the tournament due to multiple non COVID related issues. Um, I have the statement up on my Twitter. You can follow me at Jeremy G rushing for the official statement, but basically it came down to, um, registration. Um, it looked like there was an issue with the WPASL getting their teams registered in a, in an orderly fashion. Um, and so they weren't hundred percent sure they got the approval that they could play, but they weren't hundred percent sure that all their players could be registered in time. Um, also with Baron, uh, being, uh, you know, comprised of primarily Somalian players, this is happening during Ramadan. And so there were potential concerns with them playing uh, in these matches during fasting, which I can totally understand. Um, so again, non-COVID related, but a few issues that that did uh, go into Baron having to pull out of the tournament. So Flora now kind of gets a, a bye into the third round, which is the quarterfinals of the Amateur Cup. Uh, so very fortunate for them, but unfortunate uh, that uh, they advanced in this particular way with Baron having to pull out. Yeah, no, cool, uh, cool tournament overall, um, and, and and yeah, it would be it would be awesome to be like you know I don't know, uh, Valora, and 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 go play in like I don't know, uh, Georgia, Michigan, go over to Indiana, play somebody down to Illinois. Oh, know? I was I was thinking bigger, like Georgia or like Tennessee. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, that would be sweet too. Um, South Carolina. Um, yeah, a lot of great clubs in the in the southeast. I mean, basically any place that you can play soccer year round, there's like a ton of good clubs. So yeah, anywhere um, that's not the Midwest. Did you get snow today by chance? We got some flurries this morning. None yeah, of we got, stuck, yeah, we got. Yeah, we got snow um, too. That was weird. I was driving the kids to daycare, and I'm like, "This is BS, man." <laughs> I yeah, thought I'm it was like pollen at first. Like that's how like into spring mode I am. 
I was like, oh, there's a lot of like pollen in the air. I'm like, oh wait, that's not pollen. That's that's snow. No. Um, yeah, that was wild. Um, yeah, so yeah, if you get the chance to like not be here to go play some soccer, yeah, that'd be be nuts. Um, absolutely. Um, one preseason friendly to mention, uh, Minneapolis City. Um, they had a kind of kind of a combined squad, which they've done a lot here in the preseason, where it's combined players from their NPSL, UPSL, and future squads. Um, they'll, they'll go play matches and uh, kind of a cool concept where they went over to St. Cloud and played St. Cloud State. Um, the Crows won three to two, four futures players actually featured for the Crows. And one of them, Zach Susie actually recorded a hat trick, scored all three goals for Minneapolis city. Um, so very cool for him, a futures player to kind of get up on that stage and make that kind of impact on the other side. The Huskies are coming off a spring where they played only a few friendly matches, but they're really focused on their upcoming inaugural NCAA Division II season, which is coming up in the fall. So St. Cloud State's kind of moving up the the NCAA ladder. Um, very cool. Uh, I don't know, kind of kind of cross promotional matchup there with uh, Minneapolis City and St. Cloud State, and one of the futures players again scoring all three goals, recording a hat trick. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um... Yeah, I, and and I think it's cool to like, like get an idea of like you know how does like in like obviously it wasn't like the full MPSL team, but like you know how does an MPSL team you know play against a D two team and and stuff like that. I think that's kind of interesting because you don't see it often. Mm-hmm. Um, also, tough stretch for uh, for St. Cloud State Athletics um, on in April. Yeah. Their hockey team got rocked by uh, UMass yeah, in the uh, Frozen Four. I mean, definitely comparable scenarios here, right? Uh, losing to UMass in the Frozen Four, and then losing to Minneapolis City in a in a in a preseason soccer friendly. Definitely, definitely on the same on the same pedestal there. I yeah, I would say so. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. But hey, cool for cool cool all around. You know, they made it to the Frozen Four, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. All right. Um, speaking of Minneapolis City, I don't want to dive too much into like Twitter drama and this, but I did want to mention it. Things are getting a little chippy on the TL between Minneapolis City and Joy of the People. Um, Derek Johnson from Minneapolis City, uh, goalkeepers coach for them, kind of going back and forth with the Joy of the People account a little bit. Uh, basically, what this comes down to is just kind of basically two different philosophies in in developing young soccer talent. Um, and uh, just kind of those philosophies kind of clashing in a, in a, in a, in a way on Twitter. Um, and again, I don't want to over, over blow this. Uh, just kind of wanted to mention it because it was kind of interesting and entertained me uh, over the weekend. Um, but anyways, um, get your popcorn ready though. Cause June 12th on the calendar, joy athletic and MPLS city play their first match against each other. And that will be uh, over in St. Louis park. So definitely got that one uh, a little extra, a little extra oomph in that matchup now with uh with a little bit of a little Twitter spat between the two sides. Yeah, I uh that's June 12th they're playing by the way. Um yeah, that's exciting and or I don't know, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, just a little little fun, a little friendly banter on the TL there. Um and then finally just wanted to quickly mention this Minnesota United uh, you know, 4-0 loss to the Sounders in their season opening match. Uh, did want to mention that, uh, thank everybody who tuned into post loons after the match. Um, great, great turnout for post loons. 
Um, big thanks to Grant from the Dummy Run podcast and Jacob Schneider from ZoneCoverage.com for coming on to kind of talk about the match, break down the match. Got to get Jacob's kind of live reaction to what he, uh, you know, the quotes that he heard and what he saw in the post-game press conference. Um, so that was that was really cool. Um, if you haven't watched it yet, feel free to follow us at 10K Pitches on Twitter. It's our pinned tweet right now. Um, you can also search Post Loons on YouTube um, and, and check us out there. We'll be doing the same again this Saturday for the home opener against RSL. Uh, we'll definitely be at a more reasonable time, too. I mean, we were we were on until after midnight on Friday with the late kickoff, uh, with the kickoff being 7 p.m. You know, hopefully uh, everybody's all nice and tucked in bed by 1030. Uh, that's the plan, at least. But, uh, yeah, again, thank you to everybody who, who watched uh, and listened on the podcast feed. Uh, you know, it was our first time giving it a shot. We really had no idea what to expect, and we were definitely uh, surprised and impressed with uh, with the turnout that we had. So hopefully, we can keep uh, keep that good content rolling for you guys. Yeah, it, it it's yeah. So like you said, it's on Twitter. It's it's on our YouTube channel, which I think is just it's just at 10K Pitches is our YouTube. Um, yeah, it's there's like no at on YouTube. So if you just search oh yeah, it's 10, just 10,000 pitches or search post loons, uh, um, you should be able to find it. But then, but then, yeah, it is also on our podcast feed as well. Um, if you want to just get the visual um, or just the audio, yeah, um, you, did did you have fun, Jeremy? Did you you had a good time? I did. It was late. I was tired, man. I was uh, I was I was getting ready for it, and I yawned like really hard, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no, this oh, is no. not happening right now." But then once once we got in the zone, I was fine. But yeah, my my head hit the pillow soon after that, and I was out. I was I was just looking for like when you're at the grocery store and the clerk asks like, "Did you find everything okay?" and you just say, "Yeah." That's what I was looking for when I asked that, Jeremy. But I appreciate your full breakdown of your uh, your physical you know, tiredness headed state. into that. That's what I do. That's what I do, baby. I, I break it all down. They, uh, just like you exactly. broke down the full game on post loons. There you go. Love the transition. Thank going you. Going live. Going live again this Saturday. Brought to you by Ninth Street Soccer. All right, let's get into this week's uh, interviews, plural interviews. First up, Med City FC goalkeeper Alexander A.J. Jarvis and head coach Neil Cassidy. Hope you enjoy it. After that, talking to FC Minneapolis, and we will see you on the other side of both of those. But first, let me tell you about our newest sponsor, Surfshark VPN. Protecting your online data and information, especially in a COVID or post-COVID era, is more important now than it has ever been. Hackers, fishers, email spammers, they are absolutely licking their chops right now because things like remote work and overall more time spent online means more victims. Don't let that be you. Surfshark VPN protects your online data so you can browse and work with the peace of mind knowing that you're doing so safely and securely. Surfshark has a super fast connection so your online experience will be uninterrupted. And if you look at any tech magazine or online resource, Surfshark consistently in the top two or top three and their price blows their competitors absolutely out of the water. Right now, you can get two years of full Surfshark VPN service on unlimited devices for just $2.49 per month. That's $2.49 per month. You will not find a better deal than this. 
Just visit surfshark.deals slash 10K. That's surfshark, S-U-R-F-S-H-A-R-K dot deals, D-E-A-L-S slash the number 10 K, one zero K, and you'll get that Surfshark VPN for just $2.49 per month. Thank you so much to Surfshark for sponsoring 10,000 pitches. And as always, I implore you, I ask you, please support the great companies and businesses that support 10K. All right, now on to this week's interview. I now have the absolute pleasure to welcome in Med City FC head coach Neil Cassidy and goalkeeper Alexander A.J. Jarvis as they get ready for a return to NPSL play here in the summer. Guys, thank you so, so much for taking some time to jump on the show this week. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Uh, so we had GM Frank Spath on late last summer to talk about you, AJ, and, and the health situation you were going through, battling severe aplastic anemia. Um, obviously, this came out of uh, came a bit out of nowhere. So if you don't mind, uh, can you sort of go through the, the sequence of events that led to the diagnosis and kind of what that whole experience was like for you? Sure. So it was just pre-COVID. Um, you know, we were having to do stuff on our own. There was no real gyms open or anything. So I was cycling maybe 20, 20, 25 miles a day. I was in the shape of my life. Um, and we started again for Bellevue. And out of nowhere, I, I passed out in training. And once again, when I was at home, um, just got up off the couch one day and just fell over out of nowhere. Um, not really any recollection of what happened. And my wife said to me, you're going to the hospital right now. Uh, the The doctor's office couldn't read my blood. Um, there was not enough of really much in my blood to measure. Um, so they admitted me straight away. Uh, after some pretty severe tests, I had a bone marrow biopsy, which was very painful. Um, they discovered that I had uh, aplastic anemia. Um, now, I'm not going to go through all the details of what aplastic anemia is uh, because I don't really know them. I just sat there and um, was injected with lots of medication and I still take medication now um, for it. And yeah, the process, fortunately for me, was pretty smooth. Um, yeah. Many other people have to go through uh, bone marrow transplants, but I don't have any siblings. So no, that wasn't an option for me. Um, but yeah, it's all it's all going well, and I'm not going to go any more than going well because I don't want to be too over optimistic. But I'm back to playing soccer, and I'm feeling fit and healthy. Uh, Frank actually created a, a GoFundMe to help you battle this illness and kind of help pay for the medical expenses that that you uh, accrued during this process. Uh, raised more than eight thousand five hundred dollars, which is amazing. Uh, when you saw that level of support, just, what, what was your reaction? Um. Firstly, I wasn't really expecting much from it. Obviously, I massively appreciated it from from Frank and everyone at Med City. They, the the work they do to support the people that they have come and play with them, uh, and in their local community is fantastic. And uh, I've kind of had my prayers answered with with them helping me. So it was a real honor. And when people started to actually take donating money seriously into it. It baffled me, to be quite honest. I, I hadn't really got any words to describe it because it was extremely overwhelming, extremely grateful. Um, and in swings and roundabouts, I then have to go back and, and thank Med City by playing for them for another year. Well, I say have to, I want to. It was always a goal to get back there. Um, but it was it was a very overwhelming thing for me, yeah. 
Uh, Coach Neil Cassidy, pleasure to have you on with us today as well. What's the situation been like from your perspective as AJ's coach and somebody who's obviously continued to been, be close to him over the last few years? You know, just, just talk about kind of your, your perspective on, on that whole situation. Yeah, I mean, it was a complete, complete shock when we first found out about AJ and, uh, and what he was going through. And um, it's just, you know, with, with most of the teams that, maybe that players are a little bit closer so you can kind of help them out more. Um, or we wanted to help out more than we actually physically could yeah. because, you know, we were in Nebraska. Uh, but, you know, it's... With AJ, it was... I knew he would take it in his stride. I knew he would um, not give up the, the dream of playing or the hope of playing. And I just knew that it would come out, it would come out better on the other side and and it was, um, you know, it was good to see the level of support that he that he got. And what he might not realize is how important and how special he is to other people. And um, that comes out in times of, um, you know, hardship. So um, even though it's not every day that, you know, we're in contact, it's still part of the Med City family. And then when something happens to one of the family, then um, we do something about it. AJ, I don't want to overlook the fact that this was, you know, in a lot of cases, a life-threatening illness. Um, were, was there ever any indication from the doctors during this process about the future of your soccer playing career specifically? Like, did you ever get anything, any percentages or any sort of indication that eh, it might not necessarily be in the cards for you? Um, you know, during any point, did, did you ask, did you get any sort of answers as far as that went during that pro you know, early on in the process or midway through the process before you actually started to kind of start that recovery? So to begin with, when I first got to the hospital, um, they were not too sure how I even walked to the doctor's office, let alone was alive in the bed. Um, and they then followed this on with starting treatment. And they essentially said that if I ever did any activity again, it would be minimal um, light activity. And, mm -hmm. and I was sat in a hospital bed and I didn't say it out loud, but I was, you know, thinking some very derogatory terms towards yeah. them and, uh, and I made it happen. So yeah, it was, uh, but again, I had fantastic people around me. I was in one of the best hospitals in the world. Um, I had fantastic support from, from many hundreds and probably thousands of people that I didn't even realize. Um, so yeah, we, we got there in the end. Um, we're still not all the way through. There's still goals to be hit. Um, there's still challenges to overcome. Um, but but certainly I'm much higher above my own expectations of even myself, let alone the doctors. To say this is a bit of a different situation than any sort of like injury or muscle tear or anything like that is a bit of an understatement. But what was the rehabilitation process like for you? And and I mean, how, how are you feeling now? And kind of what are the steps you have to take now to to make sure that you stay fully healthy? So the rehabilitation process um, honestly consisted of sitting at home and doing nothing um, whilst feeling really terrible about myself. Yeah. Um, and then slowly over time, you know, this is, we're talking in the space of a few months, um, I started to be able to go on for longer walks and then walks turned into walks with jogs and I was eventually able to go out and cycle again. Um, and it was just, it was a slow process. Um, yeah, sorry. I don't know if you can cut out. I forgot what the second part you asked, asked me was. 
Uh, yeah, just uh, kind of how, how you're feeling today and kind of what, what I guess, additional steps you have to take today as opposed to before uh, the illness to make sure that, that you're staying mostly healthy. I know you mentioned that you, have, mentioned that you have to get regular injections. Is there anything kind of additional on top of that you have to watch out for? Currently on a day-to-day basis, I have to take uh, a treatment called cyclosporin, uh, which is an immunosuppressant. I have to take it on a morning and on a night, and I can't eat for certain hours around it. Um, And that's really the only thing I have to do right now. Uh, Every few weeks, I have to um, have blood drawn so they can test me uh, just to make sure I'm on the right track. But uh, due to the treatment that I'm on, they can't just take me off it. They have to slowly... Um, withdraw me for it from it because of the the effects it can have but in terms of my fitness now I'm very close to where I was before um I think the other day actually I hit my first 20 mile bike ride um which which was a big which was a big target for me you know it sounds it sounds strange but but I would I used to be able to do that no no problem and and now it's a challenge and I like challenges and Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we can play football, which is the important thing. Absolutely. I, I, I think I speak for everybody who's heard your story, who knows your story, uh, that, that we're all thrilled to know. I mean, when I got the email back from Frank that said, yeah, I'd love to have AJ on. He's actually going to play for us this summer. I was like, that is awesome. So <laughs> I was, I, I'm thrilled. I'm sure everybody who knows your story is thrilled to know that, that you're feeling well. Obviously, you're playing for Bellevue here in the spring, and you'll be in goal for, for Med City coming up this summer. Uh, really, really happy to, uh, to see that. And, um, wish you nothing but obviously continued health uh, moving forward. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Coach, you're here too. Uh, let's get into your <laughs> soccer background a little bit. Coach Neil Cassidy, um, you grew up in England. Uh, you've actually been in Rochester for more than two decades now, right? Even before Med City FC got started, long before Med City FC got started. Um, so what led you to make the move over here to the States and then obviously get involved with soccer in Rochester specifically? Yeah, so actually it was soccer that brought me over. Um, I've been, next year's my 20th year with the club. It used to be RYSA, now it's Minnesota Rush, um, as a coaching director and our technical director. How I came over here, I um, was coming over uh, just to work uh, for a summer for a company. And um, I had no idea where Minnesota was. Um, I didn't know anything about, about it. And I actually wasn't meant to be here. Um, my friend and co-worker, I was working in a, it's called football and community. I was working in, in, in that space in England and, uh, on the center of excellence at Stockport when they were decent. Um, and then six weeks before he was coming over, he got a message. He's, the guy who was coming over with him was from Cyprus, broke his leg. And if he knew of anybody, he mentioned me. I was like, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, moved over and then, uh, met my wife and, um, the first full-time position at the club came open. So it's kind of a perfect marriage in more than one sense yeah. of full-time job, met the love of my life, and, um, you know, the, the rest, as they say, is history. That's, uh, that's awesome. So were you involved in the actual creation of Med City then? Uh, a little bit. The first year, I, I couldn't coach. Um, Luke Corey was the coach. Who something I recommended to do it. He was a, you know, still involved, still great guy, great coach. And then things took him elsewhere for the second season. That's when Frank asked me again if I could do it. And at that time I could. So um, you know, I did bounce off ideas because I was 
the head coach of the PDL team down here that was here for two years, the Rochester Thunder PDL team. So I had some experience with uh, the lower amateur leagues. So, um, yeah, I, I gave my two cents and whether he took it, take it or leave it, I was up to him. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's, it's definitely worked out. You guys have uh, had, had a really good, strong first few years and a good ascension. And um, obviously we'll, we'll be very competitive in the MPSL North conference this season. We'll get to that in just a minute, but looking at the first few years of med city FC, um, you know, when you took over the role, what, what kind of, did you have expectations going in? Did you have benchmarks goals that you wanted to attain? And I, what, what is, I guess, what have those first few years been like in relation to those expectations? And specifically, what has the response been from the community to the club in relation to your expectations? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the expectations are always to win it, right? I mean, that's that's the thing. I think we've had players that have come in and, and we're able to jump in. The difficult thing we have is um, people are coming from all over the place and we maybe have, I think we've got two training sessions before our first game this year. Oh, wow. Um and then as people come in, we, you know, we, we have to kind of get them involved. Um, but the community has been fantastic. They've, they've been out to the games. They've been involved. Frank does a fantastic job with making sure that all the guys are involved in community service, giving back to the community. Um, and I think that's been, that's been really positive and something that's been really well received. Awesome. Um, so let's actually get into what's happening on the field or what will be happening on the field this summer in the NPSL. Um, you mentioned uh, only a couple of training sessions before the first uh, before the first game uh, happens, but uh, how ready are you to get back on the field for some meaningful matches? I mean, I'm, I'm sure I know the answer to the question, but I mean, it's been it's been almost 500 days. I feel like at this point. So what's that? What's that anticipation like at this point? Can't wait. Yeah. I mean, I just and that's that's basically what it, you know. It's, yep. Is it different? Um, you know, these coaching youth and these these coaching high level guys and. And everybody comes in with wanting to do the best. And, and this season in particular has really kind of stood out with um, the, the players we've got coming back and the leadership from those guys, as well as the new players. So I, can't, I, can't, I just can't wait to get stuck in. Yeah, absolutely. AJ, I know you're, uh, I know you're playing right now for, for Bellevue, so that itch has kind of been scratched a little bit, so to speak, for you. But as far as the NPSL season specifically and getting back in a Med City jersey, kind of where, where are you at with that right now in terms of your anticipation and excitement for that specifically? I think Neil hit the nail on the head right at the start. Uh, the aim is to win. Um, we're there to win. We're there to do a job, you know. Um, we did extremely well last year to get to the conference final. Um, I felt we could have done better. I felt we should have won the game. We had chances to do so. Yep. Um, but as any good athlete, that makes, gives, you the gives you the determination to go out and win the following season. And, mm -hmm. you know, the excitement that comes around it, as, as I say, as Neil said, we have two days of training prior to our first game. Um, so, you know, there's trial and error involved, but um fortunately we have a good core coming back i believe and some of the new players coming in look to be uh, of a good standard so i'm very very excited to get back out there is there some sort of group text or like communication that you have with the other returning guys like you know we got this chip on our shoulder and, and we're gonna we're gonna take that next step and we'll lift that trophy this year so um i've been in contact a lot with francisco neto um our med, med city's leading goal scorer um, and yeah, 
we're we're in good communication and we're we're ready to get firing on all cylinders we're excited for what this year has to bring that's awesome uh i guess this is the question for both of you but aj being being one of the guys you know on the team and, and on the field specifically um it's been almost two years now since since there's been a season uh what's kind of that I don't, I don't want to say turnover, but in terms of the roster that and the team that you're going to have on the field with you, you know, are there less familiar names than, than there would be in a normal new season? Because there's always there's always turnover. There's always new guys coming in. There's always guys leaving in, at the lower league level. But the fact that, you know, there's there's been basically a full year in between these seasons with COVID. Um, you know, are, are there, are there less returners, more new guys coming in and what's that process going to be like for you as, as a goalkeeper and one of the leaders on this team to sort of bring them in the fold and kind of, you know, get that, uh, get that team, team community and that team bonding aspect going. Sure. Well, Neil and Frank do a good job of putting on, you know, those team bonding events. Um, and we always make an effort to always get to know each other. You know, we're all there for the same reason. Um, with the same goals and aspirations and um, I mean we say family on three because we are we become a family and that family clicks pretty quickly Um, and it's a nice it's a nice environment to be in with the same mindset and level of determination And, and we do a pretty good job especially of what I remember in my last two years of getting to know each other very well um, and very quickly is the most important thing. Uh, one of the the biggest or most notable acquisitions uh, you guys made this offseason was uh, Josh Balsiger, uh, formerly MVP of the WPASL um, with Bateau FC, our good friends of the podcast. Um, Neil, are, are you invo- how involved are you are in, are you in the player acquisition process? And uh, if you do know, uh, how did Josh come aboard, and how excited are you to have him specifically, a player of his caliber, kind of added to that club mix this season? Yeah, I mean. Um... One thing you will find out from me, if you if you don't already, is I very rarely talk about individual players. Um, you know, because my belief is it's a it's a, it's a squad of twenty six, not even a team yep. of eleven. Absolutely, that gets the clock turning and gets us playing the way we should. Um, so, with that said, we've got quite a lot of. My feeling is we've got quite a lot of good good players coming in this year. Um, we've got a few people moving locally that have got a really good history of um, playing at high level. Um, and then in terms of the acquisition of players, yeah, we, the coaching the coaching staff, um, actually, we, we get all the video clips. You know, we did an in-person, but most of the stuff this year has been through video clips because of mm-hmm. COVID yeah. um, and recommendations from coaches. So I, I chat with coaches um, who are recommending players um, and then we, we we all watch the video and we all give our give our feedback. And um, we're lucky enough, you know, our coaching staff has changed a little bit this year, but we, we're lucky enough to really have an, another quality coaching staff that we can kind of push these guys to the to the limits, and that limit will be winning the league this year. Awesome. Uh, so I'm assuming you're feeling pretty good about the about the squad and what should be an extremely competitive, like I said, MPS, MPSL North Conference. Obviously, the goal is winning the league. Um, you know, obviously, you feel like you got you guys have the have the players in place and the coaching staff in place to do so. Um, is it is it trophy or bust this year for you guys? Is that fair to say? Every year is trophy or bust. Yep. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I like that. 
Um, all right. So off the field, uh, when you're talking about, about growing a community club, growing a grassroots ro- lower league level club, um, you know, the, the work you put in off, off the field, um, you know, in some cases is just as important as the work you put in on it to put a good product on the field. Um, so what specifically does the club have in terms of goals as you guys get back into it, as things start to open back up, obviously bringing people back into games is going to be huge. Uh, but what off the field goals do you guys have, whether it's branding growth, community involvement uh, for Med City FC uh, as we head further into 2021 and hopefully out of this pandemic? Yeah, I think that, but unfortunately that's the thing that's dictating everything, right? It's the pandemic. And we have, I mean, we have guys coming from all across, all across the nation that um, have, have their, state is a little bit different than, than different states so first of all we've got to make sure that they're on on board with what what we have to do in regards to playing and keeping the community safe um so that's that's the, the first thing in terms of community involvement we're always going to do some volunteer activities now again the stuff that we normally do like um kids sessions you know we've been up to the to mayo clinic and um, those things we we've we may or may not be able to do based on the comfort level of the organization that we're volunteering with. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll try and get creative in terms of making sure because one of the foundations of Med City is to give back to the community and that's literally giving back. We, at the time, the Habitat for Humanity, I don't know if AJ did that, I think he did that a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely did. Be no. quite nervous with him swinging a hammer. But, um, <laughs> you know, just things like that. So I'm, I'm excited to, to do it, but it's all at the hands of what we can and what we can with the pandemic. Uh, I, I'm interested in the kind of the differences and in, in, in being a club there in Rochester, as opposed to being one of the many clubs here in the Twin Cities, because the market is pretty, it's pretty condensed here with NPSL, UPSL sides. You have the MASL as well. A, a, a lot of uh, amateur and semi-pro level soccer in a very condensed area. Uh, here in the Twin Cities, where in Rochester, yes, there's Rochester FC, but you know, I look at Med City as kind of the 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 flag bearers for for soccer in in that in you know a, a pretty highly populated area in Rochester and in that surrounding area. Um, do, do you guys feel that sense of, of responsibility in terms of being that that community club? And you know, what what is I guess do you do you see Med City FC shirts around you know what is what is it like being kind of that that club the club in that community as opposed to some of the the many clubs that are here in the Twin Cities I think with a lot the local ties that we have like so for example myself that's been in the youth community for 20 years really helps you know we were the first team to kind of after the PDL team to get going um so I, I do feel that we bear that responsibility of, of being a club, but making sure that the community is, in, is in, as involved as we can make them. Um, there's a great supporters club, Sarbonne's Army. Um, we're hoping that they'll come out in force this year. Um, but the link to the youth club, I mean, that's that's where we want to go. We, mm-hmm. you know, we, the guys come out to the, our rec Saturdays, 1,600 kids on a Saturday and uh, mingle and give out flyers and, and things like that so we can get those, those kiddos to the game. You know, all the local kids through Rush have, a, have free tickets mm-hmm. so they can get in. So we want to build and foster the developmental part of soccer from, you know, the kid kindergarten kid coming in going, that's what I want to do when I grow up. Yep. Um, to our guys signing autographs after the game and taking pictures with, with kids have been really solid 
role models, not just in terms of uh, team behavior and behavior, but also in terms of soccer play. AJ, what's your perspective on that coming in as a player? You know, obviously you don't live and work in Rochester, but you know, you, you, you compete for, like I said, kind of the flag bearing club in the, in the area. So, you know, during the summer is when you are there, um, you know, do you feel that sense of responsibility that, that you kind of have the, you know, the, you know, uh, the, the community uh, around you and you want to compete for them. And again, what is that, what is that like for you as one of those players coming into that type of situation in that type of community? Absolutely. I mean, every time you put the Med City badge on, it means something, whether you're wearing a training top or whether you're wearing a pair of shorts, you know, you're, you're representing Med City um, and therefore you're representing Rochester. And um, Rochester is a good community with people that love soccer. Um, you know, we have a good turnout at our games and then the Minnesota Rush Club that is right by um, kids playing football every single night of the week. Uh, it's brilliant. But in terms of our responsibilities for it, um, this is something that Neil and I, I think have been going over is, is we want to make an effort, especially after the pandemic and people having not played football or being able to have the opportunity to for so long is to be able to give just that little bit more back, helping people, uh, giving people more opportunities to, um, it, it's just, it's about having fun at the end of the day. And if people can relate soccer slash football to putting a smile on their face, then we're going in the right direction. And that's what's important. Awesome. All right. Last thing, I'm going to kind of let you uh, guys plug the club a little bit. How can people get in touch and learn more about Med City FC and how can they support you guys? Uh, Frank Spaeth. He's the uh, wonder, the general manager extraordinaire behind all of this. But our website, medcity.com, uh, medcityfc.com um, has links to schedules, has links to fan gear um, and, and tickets. Um, so I would you know, go on there if anybody's got any questions about uh, anything. Frank is um, medcityfc.gmail.com. He's the one that can answer all those questions. And um, you know, if you want to take, bring a group down, you're more than welcome and we'll welcome you with open arms. Excellent. All right. Goalkeeper Alexander A.J. Jarvis, head coach Neil Cassidy, Med City FC. Again, go to medcityfc.com to, to shop, buy some tickets, buy a supporters package, or just learn more about Med City FC and what they're doing down in Rochester. When the NPSL North, it's trophy or bust, right? This, this summer. So uh, yes, go out, check them out, support them. Uh, great group of guys down there. Uh, Alex, AJ, Neil, thank you so much for taking some time to join the show this week. Again, I really do appreciate it. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Be sure to check out Shop Spam FC and BateauFCShop.com. That's right. Both of their seasons are starting off soon. So whether you're headed to the game or supporting for, from home, make sure to have the latest and greatest merchandise for both Spam FC and Bateau FC and support local soccer. That's Shop Spam FC and BateauFCShop.com. And make sure to use promo code POD, P O D, to get 10% off at checkout on your first order. I now have the absolute pleasure to welcome in a couple guys from FC Minneapolis, great friends of the podcast on social media. And now I finally get a chance to talk to them on the podcast and learn more about uh, what uh, FC Minneapolis is doing and how they're feeling 
leading into the UPSL season. It's attacking midfielder Ian Sendy and head coach James Oloranti. Uh, guys, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for taking some time to uh, join the podcast. Thank you. Good to be on the podcast. Absolutely. It's uh, like I said, it's a pleasure to have you on. I'm really excited to get to talk to you. We've uh, we've been communicating a little bit on social media. You always tag us in what you guys are doing. We're happy to get that word out. So actually having that face-to-face conversation, or I guess as much as we can have a face-to-face conversation through Zoom, um, definitely excited for this. Um, so I, I want to start though by talking, before we get to FC Minneapolis itself, definitely want to learn more about you guys specifically and your soccer background. So Ian, um, I know you are were a U21, you got a national team player, um, you know, your 2019 season with FC Minneapolis was great, but talk a little bit about your soccer background, how you got introduced to the game and how you made your way over here into the States and sort of translated that to what you're doing now with FC Minneapolis. Oh, thank you, Jeremy. And uh, also I quickly want to, you know, appreciate you so very much for giving us the opportunity to be here on your podcast. Um, I have personally followed some of the, the ones you've done previously with some of the clubs like Dora. And I appreciate you so very much, you know, because we need people like you. Back to your question, I, you know, I grew up in Uganda. Mm-hmm. You know, Uganda is an East African country and it's a soccer country. You know, it's like the national sport. And, you know, uh, I played almost, you know, uh, from the age of six, you know, uh, grassroots soccer, you know, grew up, you know, through some academy systems. And then of course, high school, you know, played for, you know, sometimes throughout the six years of my high school. Then I got introduced into association football because normally after high school, then you begin playing in the, you know, things like the second division, the first division, and then you just keep on going up the ranks, you know, but before coming to the USA, you know, I had an opportunity to actually play for you know the National Sports Academy in Uganda by then, and you know we were as a division player, and then we moved on to the first division. We got promoted actually because Uganda has a promotion and relegation system, just like you know elsewhere in the world. Just like everywhere but America, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we worked so we worked so really hard that particular season. I was the team captain that year, and we managed to move to the first division, uh, you know, and that very season actually, we were the first team, uh, our, our club was, a, our club team was the first team to compete in the Uganda Cup. Now the Uganda Cup is like the US Open Cup or the FA Cup, mm-hmm. and we were to win the Uganda Cup at the district level, which is a very big achievement. No club at our level done it before. Wow. And actually still the team captain that particular year. And it was based upon that performance because we had members from the federation who were at the game to officiate, the, you know, uh, like to be at the finals. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I really had a good game that particular, you know, uh, you know, a season and, you know, given our previous qualification to a higher rank of the game, the following week I was invited at the federation house, wow. the FUFA house, and I met with Mr. Lubawa Asman who was the you know technical there you know the vice president technical I think by that time and he was you know just giving me the documents that I had been invited to the under 21 Uganda you know national team even though I was 20 years by that time 
Okay. And was camping at Kavumba and it was preparing for the London Olympics qualifiers, which were going to take place in 2012. So I, you know, uh, and then briefly, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I moved to the United States, I think in 2012. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I did that was because I really wanted to pursue football as a career. It's what I thought I was going to do, but my family was also very keen on my education. Absolutely. So the decision that I would take had to make sure that it, you know, uh, it involves my higher education. Mm-hmm. And by the time I had finished high school and I was already at college in Uganda, you know, doing sports science. So I would get a few offers, a few agents would, you know, get me a few invitations, but in, the, in our country, they send those to the Federation. Mm-hmm. So the first, you know, back then we did not have a very efficient emailing or social media system where people can access you directly. Yeah. They would access you through your federation and the federation calls your family, you go get a document. So I had, you know, got a few invitations, you know, uh, here and there in Europe, you know, that did not really, uh, you know, pan out because uh, there, there wasn't anything educational attached to those invitations. And my family always wanted me to first finish, you know, at least school before I can move forward. Mm-hmm. So until when I got an opportunity to try out for Minnesota United, by then they were called the Minnesota Stars. Yeah. I saw they had a tryout, you know, sometime and I applied, you know, for a visa through Bemidji actually. Oh, wow. And I, I came to school, but with an intention to try out, you know, because my family could support that. So, when I came, I, I was a little bit unlucky because I arrived and I got a little bit sick. I think I had malaria when I came. Oh, wow. I spent the first two weeks actually very sick. And I remember coming down and finally getting an opportunity to meet with Manny Lagos mm-hmm. and just asking him and, you know, we had a little conversation, but their program was full by that time. So I did not have an opportunity to do that. So uh, the next few months of my time would just involve me moving around, you know, trying opportunities and also trying to, to learn how the system works. And then you discover that, oh, actually, I'm going to need a, 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 a work permit to, to play in these clubs. Oh, I'm actually going to need a social security to play in these clubs, mm-hmm. you know, and my school documents were not sufficient enough. So I remember spending some time at Dayton uh, Dash Lions, uh, you know, uh, I think in 20, it was 2012, you know, they were a USL uh, pro team by that, and our head coach was Patrick Bow, you know, still when it came to the paperwork, you know, I just couldn't sufficiently, you know, uh, get that, and it took time. So I came back to Minnesota, you know, uh, played a little bit here and there, but I was just a little bit frustrated uh, yeah. because I, oh, uh, you know, Minnesota football about seven years ago, it was nothing you could desire. Yeah. You know, we did not have the number of clubs we have today, you know, 
we did not have the opportunities that we have today. Uh, there was uh, around one team that you could think about, the Twin Stars, and you could hear about them, but you could not even find their information online where train, you know, uh, it was so difficult to find any opportunity, you know, uh, but uh, later on, you know, that's when I, you know, I get involved with FC Minneapolis and, you know, uh, begin playing, you know, with a team and on a team, you know, um, I had a few setbacks as an individual because in 2016, I actually had a very bad car accident, mm -hmm. you know, which almost ended my life. You know, I remember it was a rare ending and you know, someone just knocked me, was going, I think, at about 100 miles an hour. Oh my gosh. Over 15 of my vertebrae were greatly damaged. In fact, the doctor told me I couldn't play again. You know, that is how bad it was. You know, so I spent a few seasons in recovery mode. And like you said, 2019 was one of those years when I really felt like, you know what? I think my body is feeling good. Because even during throughout those periods of recovery, you know, I still kept on going to the, to the training ground and mm -hmm. just, you know, trying to use my body and trying to train myself how to play again. And eventually time came where I began feeling like, yes, you know, I, I, I can actually play football again. So, and, uh, and I, give, I, I give a lot of credit to my coach, uh, James, uh, you know, who is on the call with us today. Because every single time, you know, I, I don't know, Jeremy, if you've played football, but football is very psychological and mental. Mm -hmm. You know, there comes times when you, as a person, you just feel like, you know what? Uh, I don't think I'm even going to be able to get back to my best, mm -hmm. you know? But I think my head coach had seen something and he kept on trusting me and giving me responsibility and, you know, just letting me know what he was seeing in me. And that was very motivating for me. Absolutely. And over you know 2019 and 2020 i i have managed to be you know one of the most helpful players on the team and i don't think i really would have been able to do that without the support and the guidance of my head coach you know uh mr you know james Oranti. so i just quickly wanted to say that so i have read through a whole history for you yeah that's a, that was a lot that's that's one of the you know that's one of those stories though that that's you know you go through the setbacks you go through you know all of those hurdles from from being sick to getting in the car accident it's kind of like seems like nothing's going your way and then you finally get back out on the field what i mean what was your mindset when you were entering that 2019 season kind of entering your first real season back onto the field uh were you were you confident that you could get back to that point or or were you kind of questioning your own ability when you were going in there well, I must, I must uh, confess I was questioning my ability. Mm -hmm. it, um, first of all, it took me time to overcome the fear of being hurt again. Mm -hmm. So even when I would get onto the field, I would be extra cautious because I don't want to hurt my back. So it took me time to overcome that mentally. So the doctor told me that my back was okay. The, you know, the images show that I was okay, but mentally I was still thinking it was not okay. So I had confidence issues at times mm -hmm. and I struggled, you know, but eventually, you know, I, uh, like I said, my coach, uh, Coach James, he almost takes me every morning before every game and, you know, uh, before practices and 
you know, he tells me something that he thinks I am so good at. And every single time I would read those messages before the game day when I would, you know, I, I would feel very motivated as, as, as I would go, go into the game and my confidence level, you know, would somehow be a little bit better than the previous game. And I, it was a slow progress, but it kept on improving game after game. And time came when, whereby I was confident, whereby I trusted my ability, I trusted my position on the team, I knew I could help, and I looked forward to each game, you know, because I knew I was able to help during game situation. Absolutely. James, yeah. what, what, what was your perspective on, uh, you know, Ian coming into your squad, um, coming into the team, uh, kind of knowing his background, knowing his history, knowing those hurdles that he came in, you know, what, what did you see from him at, from a coaching standpoint, both, you know, as his confidence continued to continue to grow and just kind of as his play continued to grow in that first season with you guys? Yeah. Um, Ian has been, uh, Ian has been vital FC Minneapolis, the squad. Um, like he, he said, you know, at the, at the time I joined FC Minneapolis, <clears throat> it was just coming back from injury. So it was really tough at the time. Mm -hmm. So I could tell at the time that he had, you know, um, um, uh, phobia. That is uh, when you have injury and you trying to come back, then you have is it post-surgery phobia or something? So I could tell that. So mm. I spoke to him and then we started working together on, you know, on his confidence level. And yeah, it, it, it didn't take a long time before he, 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 he got himself back. And yeah, and then he found a, a spot back in the squad. So it's been great having him uh, being part of the, the, the team um is you know being a motivation to most of the players and um some of some of the players who had you know tried to give up at some point they looking at his story looking at how he came back so he, he has inspired a lot of the players and yeah he has been part he has been you know good part of the the squad Definitely. Now, now, James is the coach of FC Minneapolis. When, when did you get involved with FC Minneapolis? Were you there at the beginning or did, did you come on after the team had already sort of been developed? Um, yeah, I came, I joined FC Minneapolis in the summer of 2018. Okay. At that time, I had just uh, moved to Minnesota. So uh, at first we became friends and then learning about my history um, and the experience I have, so we we decided that we could do something at that time. So uh, for me, initially, it was really tough because you know I, I just, it's a new environment. So it was like a friend at that time because I was going through some personal issues at that time. So it was there. It was you know so. Yeah, that was how I, I we, we spoke. And then because of the experience I have, so with the, the management of the team decided to talk to me if I can, you know, bring in the experience I have into the team. So basically I joined FC Minneapolis in the summer of 2018. Okay. 
And then how did the, I'm very interested. You guys call yourself the city lions. So I'm interested in how that, how that nickname came to be. Were either of you involved in that? Or do you know how that nickname, uh, you know, came up? Actually, I, I was there when that started. So we were playing this game at the Aina Anderson stadium. It was our season in the American premier league sometime back. And we had this announcer, his name was Greg, you know, and every single time we went to play, you know, he would, he, he, he would, he, on the microphone, he would always say, please play like lions, because we players who were running, like we would run up and down, like, yeah. but he would say, these boys play like lions, you know, lions in the city. Yeah. And eventually, before you, were, you know, people referring to us, oh, I see Citylands, oh, you're the Citylands. And that's how, you know, uh, that name just stuck. And we kind of liked it. So yeah, we just cool you know, <laughs> went on with it because we are hungry like the lions. But, you know, in Minneapolis, so we. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Some lions in the city. I like that. I mean, it, it just rolls off the tongue too, City Lions. Like that's definitely, I, and I feel like, you know, it's a nickname that comes from, you know, somebody you know, kind of observing kind of how you guys play and kind of your style. And so it's not just a nickname, like it's a nickname that definitely fits the club, which I, I think is very cool. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's go, let's move on to what's happening on the field this season. Uh, we'll talk about the UPSL season in just a minute, but you guys are currently competing before the UPSL season starts in the uh, USASA Amateur Cup, uh, the Region 2 Amateur Cup. Um, you know, feel, just overall feelings on this tournament, you guys kick off the second round against uh, Hayward this weekend on Saturday. Um, you know, just, I want to get your feeling on competing in this kind of tournament because it's not something that a lot of lower league clubs get a chance to do, compete in these single leg, single elimination type tournaments like this um but the fact that this is one of the like the first super competitive competition you're competing in you know since the pandemic and almost two years that has to just kind of add to your motivation uh and add to that sort of uh desire and and add to you know just kind of how hyped you are for this kind of uh this kind of environment as you head into it you know um it's uh you know it's it's like any game uh a single elimination you know game is always nervous for you as a player. Mm -hmm. But I think also uh, when you look at your teammates, the, the quality you have, and you look at the coaching that you've been getting, the preparation that you have been putting in, you know, it gives you some level of confidence, you know, trusting that you're a premier team and maybe that's gonna count for something. Mm -hmm. So uh, last year we really started off with, I think, Baron and it plays in the same league with, uh, you know, Hayward and mm -hmm. great respect for Baron. I think they had a good game, but we really, I mean, two years ago, my, my apologies, yep. in 2019, you know, so uh, so we had a very good game. We totally believe that, you know, uh, we are going to have a good game together. It's just a competition on Saturday and hopefully we can go to the third round and that will just continue to galvanize us as a team, give us more confidence, Moving because also this USASA game is going to give us an opportunity to actually compete before our first UPSL. Yeah. So there is that advantage. You know, it will help us to see weaknesses, uh, it will help us see where the strengths are. And I believe that the coaches will be observing that when we finally go to play in the UPSL game on May 1st, you know, we'll actually be a better organized opponent. But for now, 
we are really focusing on making sure that we can get a good performance, win this game on Saturday, so we can actually move on, you know, to the second level, I mean, to the third round of, of Region 2. Um, so even though there was, uh, you know, even though there's been a lot of time off during, you know, actual, um, you know, uh, UPSL play and, and competitions like the amateur cup, uh, there were a, a couple of tournaments that you guys helped put together and compete in last year, last summer, uh, the goals, Minnesota cup and the Minnesota fall cup. So, um, how I'm just interested how those, how those tournaments came together and, and kind of how integral you guys were in, in developing those and kind of coming up with those. So I, 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 I remember last year, you know, once uh, I think it was around March when the UPSL sent out a memo that they were putting their season on hold for two weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, according to the message we received, it was for two weeks. But, you know, by that time for us, we always begin, you know, our indoor training a little bit earlier than that because always by April 1st, that's when our, you know, fleet of international players begin coming in. So they always find us ready. And then if you have been following, even as early as March, April, we're already having pre-season games. So we're already prepared to have a season. And then COVID comes in and then everything has to stop. Mm -hmm. No training, no games. And then we're just, you know, kind of playing, you know, you know, just paying attention to what the league is instructing us. So time came and the league came up with an option for teams to play in the UPSL that particular season and they came up with some guidelines on how safe it would be but you know most teams felt like uh we can't play because they had health concerns and also i was a player and jeremy i there has never been a time in my life when i accepted that i was depressed i was depressed last year yeah. you know and i was talking to my teammates just checking on them to see their head space. And we were in the same boat. Mm -hmm. Everybody was depressed. Absolutely. Not because we had nothing to eat. We had everything we needed, but our life had been disrupted in a way that we did not understand. Mm -hmm. And that's when we began reaching out to some of the clubs, you know, just out of concern for our players. Mm -hmm. That, you know, our players have to get back on the field somehow. We have to find a way of just bringing out these guys and playing even though you know it's going to be challenging we'll do the social distancing we'll you know work with experts and we put all those things in place but we have to have a way you know so Amia who is the president of Grenada City is a very close you know um, ally to FC Minneapolis you know and also Adi with uh, Vlora City so those three you know we actually came together FC Minneapolis you know uh, Grenada City and Flora. And we discussed, you know, that what we want to do, you know, for this summer. And can we invite a few other clubs? And that's how we came up with the goals, Minnesota Cup. Mm -hmm. You know, because the goal was just to unite the clubs during the pandemic, you know, together. That was our goal. And I think we managed to achieve that. So we uh, invited a few other clubs like Profiti, like Tabo Sports. Uh, like, uh, you know, um, I think Maple Brook, uh, you know, 58ers. And we had a wonderful competition, but it was not enough because now we finished our goals, Minnesota Cup, and we have a whole, you know, a whole fall, you know, left. And the whole pandemic, people not working, people not going to school. So there was need to have continuity. That is how we still come back together 
you know, uh, on the drawing board and just say, you know what? I think even if we are playing a UPSL season, still by the end of June, the UPSL season will be over. And we don't have an opportunity to participate in other tournaments. So why don't we have a Minnesota, you know, Fall Cup every year? Yeah. Something can help the teams to still stay together and compete locally. And, you know, uh, everybody bought into the idea. And then we invited one extra team, which is Inter Minneapolis. You know, we reached out to them, they're interested because they had showed interest in playing in the UPSL. And we felt like this was going to be an opportunity for them to be, you know, kind of acclimatized to the level. Yep. So they were interested. So they came in and we had such a wonderful season as well. You know, and so uh, after the season, everybody liked what they saw. And we just decided that we want to be doing this every year, even after our regular UPSL season. So um, I know the head coach may have a few things to add to that. But uh, that, those are some of the updates I can give you about those. Yeah, Coach James, what was your perspective on just seeing the team kind of get back out on the field last summer, kind of knowing what what Ian had spoken uh, to in terms of, uh, you know, the, the I guess, how, how depressing it was not to be playing soccer, right? And just to see all, all the guys get back out there, you know, with the normal UPSL, you know, competitors in that tournament environment. What was that like for you as a coach? Yeah, it, I think it was uh, a good decision at that, at that time because – like um, Ian has rightly said, a lot of people were depressed at that time because nothing was going on for, for most players. People were just stuck in the house and there were no activities. So, which is not really good for, for an athlete when you stay home, not training and, you know, not doing what you love to do is going to affect you psychologically and even physically. So... And it's going to, it's, it's been, the, the last time we, we had active football was in uh, um, August of 2019. So going all the way from 2019 to 2020 without having to play soccer is, you know, is, is uh, such a, a, a tough um, season. So, yeah, that was how uh, the, the, uh, the competition came about, you know, the club sat down and um, they discussed how best they can, they can help their players. And then, you know, for everybody to get back on the field, to be active. So it was a great decision because at that time we, we had, <clears throat> we were trying to, um, to see, to, to bring in new players to, to play in the UPSL, but due to the COVID, you know, everything was on, on hold. So it was a good time to test out the players, to see their abilities, to see what, if they can fit in mm -hmm. into the, the system. So yeah, for me personally, it was, it was, uh, uh, I, I feel like it was a great decision for the clubs to, to come about the, the competition. So the Minnesota Fall Cup in its second version this year, um, obviously we're still a little bit away from the fall. We're not even really in summer yet here in Minnesota. But uh, is it going to be kind of the same format with just kind of all the UPSL clubs coming together to play in this tournament? Or will you be, will you be inviting other clubs as well? What's it going to look like this year considering there is, a, there is an actual season on top of it? 
Um, I, I think it's depend on the agreement that the clubs will be having this season because they need to, I think they need to plan and discuss that. So I can't, I can't see specifically now. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Early stages. That makes, that makes a ton of sense. Like I said, it's a little ways away. So uh, what's not a little ways away though, is the uh, UPSL season getting back on the field uh, for, you know, first time in, in a couple of years for competitive UPSL play. Um, I know we talked about the tournaments that took place last year. You've been having, uh, you know, some preseason matches, obviously you play in the amateur cup, uh, this weekend, but, but what's that feeling going to be like match day one UPSL getting back onto the field and, and, you know, starting to take on those teams you're really familiar with. Um, well, playing, playing this weekend is actually going to personally as a coach, I feel like it's a good, uh, good, good opportunity to assess some of these players that because we are bringing in some new players, you know, to help us this season. And then we have a very short period of time to assess these players. So, you know, some players can, can be good. Some players can be, you know, uh, uh, ready, but some of them, most of the time, they are not match ready. Do you understand? It takes time for some some players to to get, you know, acclimatized to to the new system. It's it's just like bringing in uh, somebody from another state to to Minnesota. It's going to take a time. So no matter how good some yeah. players have, maybe they've played in another league, they've played in another club. So bringing them into your club, it's going to take a while. And so for some players, it's it's really fast. They get they, they they adapt really fast. So playing this weekend would would make it easier to assess the player to know those that are still struggling, yeah. you know. And it's going to give us it's like preparing us for the for for UPSL. So yeah. basically, it, um, um, I think it's a good opportunity to to be playing in the in the uh, um, nations cup the nation cup right now. So it's going to give us the opportunity to assist some of our new players coming in. You had spoken before we had uh, started recording about uh, kind of the, the struggles that you guys have had, sort of kind of getting your full team together, considering uh, you are comprised primarily of, of guys who, you know, don't necessarily live in the, live in the area. You know, a lot of them don't even live in the United States and considering the, still the current climate that we're in, you know, it's, it's not very easy kind of uh, logistically getting all of that together to get the whole club in. So where are you guys at right now in terms of the amount of players that you have? And uh, if you could just kind of speak to that, that uh, you know, what that's been like considering the environment that we're in trying to get everyone together for the season. Um, yeah, it's, it's been really tough having um, 70% of your players stuck outside of the United States. And then you have a competitive season ahead. So yeah, it's been it's it's compared to 2020, I think it's pretty easy at this time to to because some of the some of their countries have uh, they've they've allowed they are allowing their citizens to travel this time mm. because a lot of people have already been. Uh, they've they've had the vaccine, so and then, yeah, it's been easier this time compared to last year because we are able to. Some of our players have already gotten their documents, 
and they would start arriving this this week and next week. So I think it's it's much easier this time to bring in our players from outside of the United States. So what percentage of your players are you going to have for the uh, for the amateur cup match on Saturday then? Um, basically, we have we 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 at, at this at by the weekend we should have at least four or three of our international players in the United States. But uh, the remaining players would be coming in by next week and next two weeks, hopefully. Got it. And will they have to quarantine after they come into the States or or will they be able to, you know, if they test negative, they'll be able to kind of just roll right away? Sure. they, they, They would have to be tested and quarantined before they can participate in the in the game. Got it. Okay. Um, so uh, as you head into the season, um, I believe, do you get, you guys finished fourth in 2019? I believe was that, was that where you Wait, guys finished? Todd, Todd, Todd third, position. Uh, third in 2019. Um, so yeah. what are the expectations for, for this season? Obviously, um, you know, Vlora defending, defending champions, Minneapolis city two is going to be really good. Um, you have new clubs like inter Minneapolis in the mix as well. Uh, so, so what are your expectations in terms of where, you know, uh, the competition that you guys will be facing and kind of where you guys will, uh, will end up at the end of it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a very tough season. No doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I am sure we, we have the, uh, the, the, the ability to compete mm-hmm. with any, every other team because we've got great talent in, in, in FC Minneapolis. And um, this is going to, to really help us. We work together, we, know, we, we work together as team. They are, you know, hardworking players, like, like the nickname, the, 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 the play like Lions. Even when you're down, you still continue pushing and it's a great, you know, attitude when you're down. So when all the, all the players in FC Minneapolis, I think they have this mentality of never back down. So I think we can compete with anything. And yeah, hopefully I, 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 I'm, I'm sure we're going to have a great season. Yeah. Uh, Ian, just kind of speak to getting back out on the field, the competition that you guys are going to face and kind of uh, where, where you believe uh, FC Minneapolis could end up when it's all said and done. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm super excited again, you know, uh, just as a player, you know, to, to play big games, you know, I live for big games. I like big games. They excite me. They keep me up at night. And, you know, the adrenaline is always moving. You're always thinking about what you're going to do on the field. So when I look at that competition, I look at uh, our, you know, uh, Laura, you know, we, we, we had a, you know, we had a, a wonderful final with them last year, you know, and I like we should have won. You know, I still feel like we should have won by by all means. You know, we had more chances. We mm-hmm. we played the game. We made them run, but you know, PKs are PKs. Yeah, exactly. 50-50, right? Basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we are going to meet again, you know, uh, on the field, and we are going to still fight nonetheless. You know, uh Inter Minneapolis, we've we played them before uh many times. You know, they have never managed to beat us in any game. You know, every single time we have met them. Now that the UPSL team, you know, I expect they have improved their game a little bit more. And I'm excited for that. You know, uh, 
Minneapolis City, you know, I'm looking forward to that game because I know they have a wonderful institution and, you know, great talent as well. You know, all that I can do, uh, what is in my power, is to just make sure that I am a better prepared player, mm -hmm. you know, mentally and physically. And, you know, hopefully, uh, and, and, just, and just trust that, you know, that the teammates, you know, that I'm going to be participating with in each one of those games are also going to be on the same wavelength so that we can actually be able to compete. But when all said and done, I am, as a person, I, I when I really look at, you know, what the coach has been building over the, you know, the, the past few, you know, few weeks uh, to this day, I'm confident we can win the division. You know, I'm, I'm just confident we can win the division, but you know, football is football, anything can happen. Yep. You know, there are times when, you know, life surprises you, but, I'm just thinking that this particular season in FC Minneapolis is going to be a whole different, you know, uh, club, you know, and I know you always follow us, like you say, so you should be able to see even from, you know, this Saturday to how we move into the games. We just, you know, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the teammates, you know, we, we have had that we are just going to really focus on one game at a time mm. and, Try to do our best in that game, then come back on the drawing board, prepare for, the game, and move on to the next game, and hopefully we can continue having some good runs. And by the end of the the regular season, you know, be able to show something for that. Definitely. All right, uh, Ian, James, thank you so much for your time. Uh, really, it's been a pleasure talking with you guys. Before we go, though, uh, just let the people know how they can get in touch with you guys, learn more about you, and support what you guys are doing with FC, FC Minneapolis. Uh, sure. So um, thank you so much, Jeremy, for hosting us on this uh, podcast. It's been a big pleasure for us to discuss with you uh, about us and about what we are. And I also want to thank everybody who is going to be tuning in to listen to this and, you know, who continue to support the lower level clubs, you know, uh, to learn more about our club. You know, we have a wonderful website, fcminneapolis.com. You can always go over there and also follow us on social media. You know, our social media handle is, you know, FC Minneapolis, you know, for all major platforms and, you know, um, all information, you know, I think our club tries to be as informative as possible. Mm -hmm. So most of the information concerning tickets, match days, you know, game day results and game day stories and everything is actually going to be on the website. So the website should be your what you know your go-to place. It should answer most of the questions you have. But if you don't, you know, feel free to send us an email, give us a call. We always want to hear from you guys. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it starts with the Amateur Cup on Saturday, and then you get into the UPSL season after the calendar turns to May. We will definitely be following you guys closely, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you again as the season rolls on. Ian Sendi, James Oloranti from FC Minneapolis. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate it. Best of luck this season. Thank you. That interview on 10,000 Pitches was presented by our friends at PodMN. I want you to go to your Apple App Store or your Google Play Store, whatever kind of phone you have, and type in PodMN, P-O-D-M-N. Hit that download button. And when you go there, I want you to search for Minnesota soccer. You will find that in that dropdown, you have all your favorite Minnesota soccer podcasts right there in one place. I'm looking right now. We have Sound of the Loons, Crafty Rogues, Equal Time Soccer. Uh, we call it soccer. The Minnesota Soccer Podcast, 55-1, the Daves I Know, all right there. 
one-stop shopping for all your favorite Minnesota soccer podcasts. And also, I got to admit, 10,000 Pitches is on there too. And it's more than just soccer. It's more than just sports. They have Vikings, Twins, Gophers, Timberwolves podcasts. They have local true crime story podcasts, local news podcasts, local entertainment podcasts from Minnesota creators, Minnesota podcasters, all in one app. And I haven't even gotten to the best part yet. The best part is that you can actually win prizes just for listening to podcasts. Go to your Apple App Store or Google Play Store, download PodMN, and go to PodMN.com to learn more. Thanks so much again to the guys from Med City FC and FC Minneapolis for taking time to join the show this week. Um, and we're just about a week away from both the NPSL and UPSL seasons getting started. So we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. Um, Ethan is back with us and, uh, it's draft time, Ethan, we've kind of made this a staple or you made this a staple on the show while I was gone. And this is actually the first draft that I get to be part of. So I'm pretty excited about this. So why don't you tell us what we're doing here? That's right. Um, it's, uh, it's draft time. Um, so here at 10 K we we've hit the panic button on the loon season after that loss. And, uh, so we are looking to bring in players or coaches from movies or tv shows to save the loons season we're pulling Uh, we're pulling the ripcord code red this team needs saving we're 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 looking to bring people in we we're we need help um so jeremy in honor of this being your first draft uh you're going first you get three picks uh, okay. So you get the first I'm overall pick. Draft, right? So I give my number one, and then you give your number one, right? Yeah, we're going to go one, one, two, two, three, three. Yeah. Okay. Then the first overall pick in the Save the Loons fictional soccer player slash manager draft, Team Jeremy selects Santiago Munez from the movie Goal. Have you seen the movie Goal, Ethan? Nope, haven't seen it. Excellent, excellent player. Um, Played for Newcastle in the movie. Uh, yeah, just a great all around guy. And I think, uh, he scores goals and that's what Minnesota United needs right now. So that's what Minnesota United needs. Um, so I'm actually looking over at the bench and I'm, I'm bringing in a new coach, new manager. And, uh, so I'm taking Phil Weston or Will Farrell from kicking and screaming. Um, you think he's the one who can bring, I, <laughs> I think get the most out of this team. I think, yeah, I think I'm seeing uninspired play uh, by the by the loons, and I think he's the one to to get in there, shake things up, and uh, uh, steer this ship uh, in the direction it's looking to go. So, Phil now, Weston. Does that, does that also mean by proxy that like Ditka comes on as his assistant? I think I think we'd be foolish for Mike Ditka to not come. So uh, let's we're gonna plan on bringing in uh, Mike Ditka as well. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Two for one there. All right. Uh, let's do the snake draft style, Ethan. Why don't you give your second second pick? Okay, yeah, let's go snake draft style. So um, now we're looking over onto the field, um, and I'm bringing in Air Bud from Air Bud 3, where he plays soccer. I yeah. uh, I think Air Bud can, um, can get in there. He, he, can, he can play in the midfield. He can, he can, he can play striker. He's got a good nose for the ball, that's for sure. He's got a nose for the ball. He he can control it in the midfield. Uh, technically, he's very sound. Great pace off the ball. Um, I think he's what the Loons need to uh, get the offense going a little bit. He can be a real threat off those set pieces too. Exactly. He uh, he's 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 a dynamic player, and I think that's what the Loons need. 
I actually don't hate that pick. So Air Bud <laughs> with Bucks my number two pick. Tiger. Um, for my second pick, I'm going with the young upstart striker Jamie Tart from Ted Lasso. Um, this team needs youthful, youthful exuberance, and they also, like I said, they need goals. So mine's going to be kind of striker, offensive heavy here. But uh, yeah, Jamie Tart, my second pick. Good pick. All right, my final pick, and uh, Americans might not know who this is. Um, so I'm going Mike Bassett, uh, the manager from the uh, movie Mike Bassett, England Manager. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, Fair I don't know. I'm throwing a manager, and this this is the one that I knew uh, aside from Ted Lasso. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do that one. Um, I do want to give my uh, my if I were to pick a player with my third pick, it, again somebody that Americans might not know. The name Danny Meehan. Uh, he is the British Paul Crew, like literally the British Paul Crew. There is a movie in England called Mean Machine, which is the soccer version of The Longest Yard. Like the plot's exactly the same. Um, yeah, I get you know, good pick, good pick. Um, well, that will actually. Good honorable mention. You didn't pick him because. Yeah. I don't know. My, my third was kind of a combined. I, I had a manager, but I also wanted to make sure people knew who my third player would be if I were to pick a player. Because I'm not I'm not a Heath out guy either. So I'm not saying by by saying Mike Bassett that I'm a Heath out guy by any means. I'm not. But, you know, in the spirit of the draft. Fair enough. Um, okay. For my uh, third and uh, and final pick, I'm bringing in another player. I'm bringing in uh, Dre Parker, also known as Jaden Smith from uh, the Karate Kid remake. Um, and and you might be asking, like, where's that one? That came out of left field. And but um, I have a lot of confidence that that Dre could could get in there and, you know, quickly pick up soccer because he picked up karate in like like two months or something. I don't, I don't know. What was that? Insanely quick. Super quick. He 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 put out a great song with Justin Bieber in that span. I don't know if that's like canon in the Karate Kid universe or like if we just like in my in my head that song exists in the Karate Kid universe. So yeah. I I don't think we'd be far pressed from getting like a Jaden Smith song about the loons as well, which is great for PR. That's kind of what we need, you know, a little buzz. Um, so yeah, Dre Parker is my third and final pick, um, bringing him in, uh, where's he going to slot in, in that loons lineup? We don't know yet, but let's just put a ball at his feet, let him play a little bit and let's see what, what happens. happens here. So, um, and then a couple honorable mentions. I, uh, uh, petty officer Kara or Rihanna from the movie battleship. There was like one scene where they were playing soccer and like, she put in a pretty hard tackle. And uh, yeah, she just she looked good. Uh, I I have a lot of confidence uh, on in her on field ability. Translating that to the soccer pitch, like like the one like the one thing she did was put in a hard tackle on an opposing player. Like sometimes you need a little muscle in there, getting in there, getting yeah. chippy. Um, exactly. So Petty Officer Kara or Rihanna from Battleship. Um, ridiculous scene ridiculous movie ridiculous scene in the movie um 
And then my other two honorable mentions were Nathan and Coach Beard from Ted Lasso. Um, okay. Just kind of, you know, some of the, the the analytical and the, you know, actual like on field side to go with uh, Phil Weston at the helm. But obviously I didn't take them. So anyways, that's the that's the draft. That's the draft, baby. All right. So let's get into what's on tap in the world of Minnesota and lower league soccer. Once I find where my Google Doc is here, there it is. There you are. All right. Um, the like the aforementioned USASA Region Two Amateur Cup uh, continues this weekend with the second round. Spartan FC, new to the WPASL, um, they actually have a pretty big, uh, pretty big tie here to kick things off. Uh, they travel down to Iowa to take on Union Dubuque. Uh, kickoff at three thirty on Saturday down in Dubuque, and then uh, FC Minneapolis will host Hayward Wolfpack on saturday as well that kickoff at five a uh, couple more friendlies on tap two turbo two will take on Vlora's reserve team on saturday and then Vlora's senior team uh you know they were supposed to take on baron in the second round of the uh amateur cup this weekend and instead they'll be taking on oh and a friendly down in eau claire um so Actually, that's a pretty decent friendly there. That's teams, you know, the reigning champions from both the UPSL and the WPASL taking on each other in, the, in a friendly. So that'd be pretty cool. Before we go, don't forget Saturday, Ninth uh, Street Soccer and Coffee hosting another watch party for Minnesota United as they take on RSL in their home opener. So if you're getting that FOMO that you can't be one of the four or 5,000 people at Allianz Fields, well, you can be watching it with other Loons fans at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. Um, just go to NinthStreetMPLS.com, N-I-N-T-H StreetMPLS.com, um, and uh, RSVP if you would like to go. Also, don't forget another post loon stream. Uh, that is happening after the game on Saturday as well. A little bit more reasonable time this weekend. Also, uh, for Ninth Street, um, you can bring your own food and drinks. I forgot to mention that. Um, so if you want to bring your own food and drinks, you can do that. Um, they will have Elk- another food truck there, but yes, you can bring your own food and drinks. Absolutely. Alcoholic or otherwise. Boom. BYOB. Boom. That's right. All right. That'll do it. I mean, that's all we got for the podcast this week. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to all our great sponsors, uh, Stimulus Athletic, Surfshark VPN, Night Street Soccer and Coffee, um, thank you to Bateau FC and Spam FC for their partnership with us. And uh, thank you to all the great soccer clubs, teams, guys who uh, help make a uh, help kind of build the game here in uh, here in Minnesota and, and in the upper Midwest. Really appreciate it. And as always, we appreciate you, the listeners as well. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to another week. Jeremy, thanks for letting me uh, come back and uh, we'll see you guys always. next week. All right. Bye. Having troubles get my last pick, you know. 
they made a ton of movies that are like ripoffs of American movies about other sports. Like there is a movie called Mean Machine, which is basically the longest yard, but for soccer. There's a movie called Fever Pitch about a about an obsessed teacher who's all, about an obsessed Arsenal fan who's also doubles as a school teacher who has a newly blossoming relationship with a, a female. Of course. <laughs> 